Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So all of a sudden we discover that husbands and wives together are to submit to each other. In fact, we'll learn this submission. Notice, submit to one another. It's not just about husband and wife. That's about in the body of Christ. That's all of us. We're to submit to one another because submission ruins chaos. It destroys chaos and it brings peace. People willing to get together. Remember the four-way stop? You go. No, you go. You go. Okay, thank you. Now you go. Thank you. It happens. Humans naturally resist the idea of submission. As believers in Jesus, we're commanded to submit to the will of God. Part of God's will is expressed in the hierarchy he's established. As Pastor Mark will be teaching, we run into problems when we don't do God's order correctly. It's difficult to do submission properly because many times we have trust issues. Husbands don't trust wives and vice versa. And neither fully trust God. We will be given examples from the Bible where submission to one another and trust in God allowed him to accomplish his will in the people's lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 3 with part 2 of his message, Influence and Submission Begins at Home. Now, look at verse 3. Your beauty, Peter says, talking to the wives, should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Now, relax. I'll explain this. The word adornment is so interesting. This is a word way back there 2,000 years ago. In the original language Greek, it was cosmos. It means, when it gets translated all the way to English, it simply means this, cosmetics. So Peter is talking what women use to make themselves attractive to their husband, cosmetics. Now, he isn't saying, don't use anything. Of course not. You as a husband want a wife that's attractive to you. Now, I rewrote that verse And I just want to see what you think about it. Okay, here we go. This is a Balmer translation. Ladies, your beauty should not come from outward adornment. So don't use deodorant or perfume. Because body odor is more natural and it's actually sexy. Okay, number one. Number two, do not use lipstick on your lips. Because your lips are already naturally pink. And there's no need for hairspray. Just go with that wind look. (sighs) Next, as far as clothing, just be a plain Jane. 
wear dark colors, and don't draw attention to yourself. Now, how many of you would like those? How many guys would? Now, think about how much the cosmetics cost you. How many went home like I did this week and went, what's that tube? Among the other 27 tubes. Oh, it's for wrinkles. Which one of those is not? They're all for wrinkles. I like the Balmer translation personally. It helps the budget. Of course not. That is not what Peter's saying. When I was younger, here's what they'd said about a woman in cosmetics. If the barn needs painting, paint it. Do you got it? Do you got it? Okay. Now, guys, we're not off. Some of you go like, I'm a buff man. Forget it. It's not about the outward. The outward's good, but it's not about the outward. Let me explain to you. Peter is saying this. Look at verse 4. Instead... It should be that of your inner self, the real me. And notice these words, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth and great sight. See, gentle means humble. Quiet describes the character of a woman in a home, no matter what's really happened. Simply not mad, angry, just quiet. Now, notice what Peter says. Unlike our faces as we get older, notice what he says. Your inner character never ages or gets old. The real you. So here's what I want you to write. The beauty of inward character is far more important than external beauty. Now think about that. Linda and I, Today, November 12th, we've been married today 51 years. Now, if I showed you our wedding picture, my face and her face would look very different. No matter what we put on it, no matter what we do, it's not the same as it used to be. See, I use all my wife's stuff. And then I looked in the mirror and got rid of all of it. I said, what you see is what you get, baby. I'm sorry. That's it. Well, when we did the big screens, you got to put makeup on. I tried some of that. I ain't not the, what is that stupid smell? I'm not putting that stuff on. What you see is what you get. Sorry. Because my inward is better than my outward. See, as we've been married 51 years, the outward changes. I don't care what you put on it. It changes. Ladies, your face will always have wrinkles. Not like a nice, soft baby's bottom. That days are gone. They're over with. Same for a guy. It's just what? Here's the bags. Little tea bag under every eye. But you know what? With God's help, our inner character has grown more like God for 51 years. Now, we're far from perfect, but that will never fade. That is the focus. Ladies, your husband wants... Someone that looks sharp, that is current, uses the right things. You look fresh. You look sexy for your husband. We love that. Who cares what it costs within reason? 
But what Peter's trying to say is, yes, look sharp for your spouse. But make sure the inner person is growing spiritually all the time. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That's what he's talking about. Because the real you is our character and our conduct. It isn't, as you know, I thought it was so interesting. You watch people and every picture you see, it's always what? It's played with by the computer. Look at that skin on that person. Well, they've just taken it and computerized it. There's very few of those kind of people. There's a few in the world. But most of them, they just etch it. And the real person inside doesn't match that at all. Let's make sure this is the focus. Amen? This is the focus. Character and conduct. That's exactly what he's saying. Now, as an illustration, look at verse 5. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands. So Peter is going to go back to the Old Testament. That's all they had. Abraham was the father of the nation of Israel. Peter's a Jew. Sarah, his wife, is the mother of the nation. So he just says this. Look at verse 6. Like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord, you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. So Peter uses Sarah as a specific example of a godly woman who submitted to her husband. Now, remember when God called Abraham, they were living in a city. They were pagans. He had a great job. And he says, honey, we're going to the promised land. Well, how, what does that look like? Do you have a job? No, I'm just trusting God. She submitted and went with him. Over and over and over in her life, she submitted. Now, when we get to this place where Peter's basically talking about it, Abraham is 99. Sarah is 89. And many years before God had come to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you a child. They waited, they waited, and they waited. He's 99. Sarah's 89. And one day, Sarah was in the tent. Abraham was outside. And God came. Probably uh, Christophany, uh, Jesus came. And he said to Abraham, now, while he was talking to Abraham, Sarah has her ear to the tent. That's not unusual. Let's just move right past that. (laughs) And she heard Abraham talking. And here's what God said. I'm going to give you a son by this time next year. And then he left. Notice what the Bible says, Genesis 18. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? You see, even though she laughed with her doubts, she called Abraham her master. She recognized that he was the leader and the head of the household, and she respected Abraham enough, he didn't know she overheard. And I'm sure when he came in, Abraham said, honey, we're going to have a child within a year. And she probably act like very surprised. And she respected her husband enough to say, master, I believe that God could speak to you, to me. And that was a beautiful picture. Let me ask you this morning. Do you believe 
God could speak to your spouse, to you? I do. That's what Abraham did. He came in and said, honey, in one year, we're going to have a child. Now, remember, he's 99 and she's 89. She respected him enough. And you know what? It doesn't say in the Bible, but I'm sure this happened. Abraham said, since the child is coming, I invite you into my tent. Now, what would happen in that tent? They're going to have what? Did did I pass by most of the crowd? (laughs) He's not saying, would you fix dinner for me? She went into the tent. How else are they going to have a child in a year? Hello? Is this a sterile audience or what? I'm not sure what's happening here. So he invites her into the tent. And you can hear her saying, at 89, and I'm younger than you. Forget it. But they go into the tent. We don't know when. And they have a child. You know, when I started this church, I thought I was just starting the church. I had started other churches. And I was just going to do it for two or three months. And basically, at the end of that time, I was going to turn it over to whoever God chose to be the pastor. And about like three months into it, I said to my wife one day, I think God's calling me to quit my job. And to be the pastor of this little church. And my wife went like, duh. God told me that at the beginning. I said, what? Three months ago? Why didn't you tell me? Well, I thought you already knew. See, God had spoken to her. And I didn't know that. And she spoke to me. And that was a confirmation. And that's why I'm still here today as a pastor. See, your spouse. Your spouse can speak from God to you. It works both ways. And that was the respect that Sarah gave to Abraham. Now, look at this verse. We've finished with the women for the moment. Say amen. Now we're going to go to the men. Look at verse 7. Husbands in the same way. So we're back to that same term. He's going to, Peter's going to give the husband some things to do. And it goes back to submission as Jesus submitted to God. In the same way as Jesus submitted to God, you submit to God. Watch this. Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. I'll get to this later. As the weaker partner. Peter challenges the husbands. All right, I'm going to give you some things you need to be doing. Now, this applies to all husbands. Keep your finger right there. And let's flip back to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Paul is speaking about marriage. The same principles. I'm pretty sure that Peter learned some of his things from the apostle Paul. Remember, Peter was married. He had a wife. He understood these things. Now look at Ephesians 5. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So now we have something you want to write. We've already heard wives submit to husbands, but watch this one. Both husbands and wives are to submit to God and obey his word and his leading. So all of a sudden we discover that husbands and wives together are to submit to each other. In fact, we'll learn this submission. Notice, submit to one another. It's not just about husband and wife. That's about in the body of Christ. That's all of us. We're to submit to one another because submission ruins chaos. 
It destroys chaos and it brings peace. People willing to get together. Remember the four-way stop? You go. No, you go. You go. Okay, thank you. Now you go. Thank you. It happens. How does submission of both spouses make a marriage healthy? How can that do? Can you have a head and yet both people submit? Yes, you can. Now, both people basically say this. I'm submitting, husband, I'm submitting to you, honey. And the wife, I'm submitting to you as we submit to God. Now, remember, there always has to be a head. But rarely do you have to promote yourself as the leader. In a marriage, in our home, for instance, if I have to say often to my wife, uh, I'm the head of the home, submit in this way. If that's a frequent statement I'm making, there's a problem in my home. There's a problem with me. I'm too much the boss. You see, if you're at work and you have to say to your employees, I'm the boss, you've already lost them. You have to live and submit. Now, if a husband and wife are submitted to God, you're going to be on the same page. But there are times because our marriages are not perfect. Some of you, for instance, maybe just moved to the area. Well, if you were Christians, you sat down and talked about it. Honey, I think God is, he's closed the door here. He's opening here. Yeah, but I don't want to move there. I don't like that place. I don't want to move there. Like, Well, let's talk about it. And so when you're divided like that in a home, what do you do? You pray. Now, if it comes to a point where I have to, if I'm the person going to move because of the job, if it comes to a point that there's a day coming, okay, December 1st, we have, an, I, have to, I have to make a choice. I either lose my job or transfer. And you can't come to a decision. What does the Bible teach us to do? You submit to the head. And so the husband says, okay, I believe we can't come to agreement, but I think that God's telling me, and we prayed about it, I'm going to accept the job and we're going to move. Now, husbands like to do that. But you need to remember, if you make that move, and it is the right move, guess who you're responsible to? 100% to God. And there's been many times in my life that my wife was right and I was wrong. Now, but if God's speaking to us, that should be a rare thing in your marriage. If you're all doing that, playing the boss card, something's wrong. One of you couldn't be hearing from God. God isn't saying to the wife, don't move, don't move. To the husband, move, move. There's no confusion with God. Do you got it? But sometimes you just have to step forward. Well, that's what's going to happen. But together... We flow together because we're a team. Now, let me just remind you this. I want you to write this down and understand. If we get submission right, the rest of it doesn't matter. Look at this next statement. Submission is not about us or our spouse or our marriage. Submission is all about our relationship with God. If my relationship with God is right, the home is going to be fine. If your spouse is right, the home is going to be fine. It's going to be good. It's never going to be perfect. 51 years, we still have to have some talks. We have to sit down. We have to talk about all those kind of things to make sure we're flowing in the right direction. So look on down to verse 22. Wives, here we go again, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Because that's what God wants. She's to submit to her husband's, listen guys, loving leadership. Wives and husbands have Different roles, but they're equal. Every person is equal to every other person because they're all created in the image of God. Now, 
Remember, you're a team living together as one purpose. Look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Look at verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Now that word love is agape. It's a God love. It means self-sacrificing love. It means a commitment. Love is a verb. Here is what love does. Look at In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. When you watched a while ago, the disaster in Las Vegas, many of you saw individual profiles of people. And during that time, there were numbers of these situations that happened. A husband and a wife, true story, were there. And they hear the shooting. And the husband says to his wife, People are dying. Lay down. True story. And the husband gets on top of his wife. He is killed to save his wife. True story. She gets up. Husband's dead. She's alive. That is love in action. Husband, how's your love for your spouse? Would you do that? Who else did that? Jesus. He laid down on the body of the world and took it for us. That's the role model of love. Well, I'm the head of the home. That doesn't cut it. Wrong attitude. Love is a verb. Not just a word. I love you, honey. Show it. Show it, husband. That's you. You're to love your wife. That's a huge thing for me. Let me read you a little bit of it. Love is patient. It's kind. It's action. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It doesn't demand its own way. I'm the boss. No, you're not. You're a servant to your loving wife. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrongs. Husband, you're hardwired from God to be the leader of the home. But that means you're the provider, the protector, and the spiritual leader of the home. Has nothing to do with power. It has to do with love in action. It's not just words. Now look at verse 33. However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife, watch ladies, must respect her husband. Here's the two things I want you to write today. If you're married or if you're dating. Husbands, do submit, love, and lead your wives. That's your role. Well, today Pastor Mark brought forth some teaching that may have been difficult to hear. What we hear swirling around us in the world is far different than what the Bible has to say about husband-wife relationships. If we believe that God created us and marriage, it's vital that we listen to what He has to say. If we receive this teaching and live it out, we'll find God's blessing. 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching, Influence and Submission Begins at Home. We'll find out more about the biblical roles of husband and wife. We will be reminded of the importance of demonstrating Christ-like living to our children and the effect our consistency has on future generations. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. Together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving